What did the president of MDRT recommend for benefit advisors who want to create or increase their life insurance revenue stream? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of Shift Shapers is brought to you by Benazon Healthcare Advocacy. Your clients and their employees expect more service, more responsiveness, and more help than ever before. You need to focus on building your book. How do you do both? Benazon. To learn more, go to benazon.com or click the Benazon logo at the top of the shiftshapersonline.com page. How can you be the first to know about each week's podcast and get on the list for special listener-only content? It's simple. Go to shiftshapersonline.com and click the subscribe button. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking to Brian Heckert. Brian is the founder and managing member of Financial Solutions Midwest LLC, and he's also the president of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Welcome, Brian. Glad to be here. First of all, congratulations on the presidency of MDRT. That's a high honor. Well, it's uh, it's an honor to be asked to serve, and it's an even greater pleasure to meet the members around the world. So something I really enjoy doing. A lot of our listeners, as you know, are dealing with commission compression in their benefits practices. They need to diversify their practices. They need to deliver more value. Many of them are life licensed, but some of them have done life before. Some of them haven't. If they wanted to start kind of rethinking that and adding life insurance, either for the first time or back to their practice, what would you suggest the the best path might be? Well, if they look at it as only a product, I think they're going to limit their thinking. If they look at it as a service, it opens up a greater field of opportunity, not only for them, but for their, most importantly, their clients. I have been in the benefits business for years, and I find that a majority of the participants, whether it's in a health practice or whether it's in a 401k practice, most of the participants' only exposure to any kind of qualified advice comes through their employer enrollment process whether it's a 401k enrollment, whether it's a health enrollment, they receive more information during that very short period of time than they do at any other time in their adult lives. And I think it's an opportunity for our industry to either bring in somebody who can coordinate the life discussion, or if they want to have a discussion on their own, you know, bring the concept of protecting the human life value into their existing enrollments. I think it's a service that is overdue in uh, most benefit practices. Well, so let's explore both of those avenues. If a benefit advisor wanted to set up a strategic alliance, a strategic partnership with someone who was in the life insurance side of the business, how might they go about doing that? What would you recommend? Well, first of all, they're Either their relationships through an association like the Million Dollar Roundtable or in their local community, they know who the good life insurance providers are. So if you have a health practice and let's say you have a very good relationship with the employer on their benefits package, offering 
the opportunity for a life producer to come in and piggyback on your relationship can actually do wonders to increase the benefits to the participants, but it also increases the stickiness of the relationship with the employer. If the benefits producer brings in a local life person, they could team up and actually become joint reps on the case, or they can just refer it out and have the life agent perform all of the duties, the enrollments, and uh, the entire discussion. On the contrary, if I have been life licensed for a long time, but have not really used the license, or if I'm about to get life licensed, what path would you recommend there? How, how does somebody get started? Well, a lot of the benefits carriers and the, the payroll deduction types of uh, carriers have packages that you can bolt on to your benefits practice. So a discussion with a wholesaler or somebody else who maybe is uh, more familiar with it in the field can help you get started. But it's just simply a matter of having the discussion with the employer. I present it as a add-on benefit that costs the employer very little additional time and very little additional money. And it's a discussion 90% of the employees probably need to have because they're not being called on by anybody else. Would you start a conversation around something as simple as policy review? Yeah, policy review. If you're talking about meetings with the employees, I tend to not frame it as, do you want to discuss your life insurance? I discuss it as, do you want to protect your family? And have you reviewed your necessary coverages? How you frame it will determine what you come out of the discussion with. For those listeners who aren't really comfortable, don't understand what policy review is all about, could you take them through the process of the kinds of things that you look at? Because it's a very, I think, low-hanging fruit way to get into a conversation. Well, the, the payroll deduction type of business I've done in the past, I was told by a wholesaler would never work. But we developed a very short fact-finding interview, and we simply say, you know, what is your salary? Uh, recommended coverage is somewhere between six to ten times that to protect you for uh, family income. We do the math. We multiply it out. I ask them how much coverage they have outside of work, and I subtract that off, and I say this is your recommended amount. The policy review of their existing coverage can come later down the road after they determine the amount of total coverage that they need. But a simple needs analysis is very easy to do, and it's 10 times more than most people will get in any other format as an employee. That's true. That's true. So once you determine the need, and obviously you want to then ask what amount of coverage do you have in force so that you net that off of the gross need that you've established, there are other things that you can take a look at when you're reviewing someone's existing policy. What are the things that you find most often? Is it beneficiary designations that are out of date or old contracts or contracts with cash value trap that could be used for other needs? Well, yeah, in my reviews, obviously, you take a look at the beneficiary designation, which most people never get around to. So a very quick evaluation of that. The second thing is, if you have the discussion with the employee, if you look at what they're paying versus what they need. A lot of people in the past have probably purchased some kind of small accumulation type product. It 
provides a small amount of death benefit and may, as you said, have trapped cash value, but they may need a lot larger amount. So the discussion a lot of times revolves around, are you paying for the right amount of coverage or are you just trying to pay enough to accumulate a bit, little bit of cash? So those whole life type contracts, while very good and very useful, often restrict people from getting the correct amount of coverage, which is what my firm believes in totally. Get the right amount of coverage first and then find the correct policy that matches that, whether it be a term, be it a cash value product. Well, it's a good place to jump off. You know, we're often asked by clients, you know, what's, what's the best kind of life insurance to have? And, you know, my answer, the silly answer is the one that's enforced when you die. But there's a whole bunch of different variations on ways that you can get into buying life insurance. Is term still the the market leader in terms of volume of stuff that's sold? Yeah, it term carries the, you know, and in, in, in my practice even, we use a lot of term coverage. We get people the right amount of coverage that they need so that it's there when they die, exactly like you said. When once we fulfill that need and take care of the proper amount of coverage. Then we look at how long is the coverage going to be needed? As most producers know, term insurance has an expiry date and a very limited amount of renewal if they become unhealthy. So the chance that term insurance won't be around when they pass is very great. That's the reason it's inexpensive. We have been looking at, for estate planning needs, low premium guaranteed type contracts that have uh, maturity levels well past life expectancy, but they're usually more expensive in premium. So for those people that need the coverage, they need to look at the total longevity of how long they're going to have the coverage need and then find a policy that will be around when their life expectancy ends. Is there an opportunity to do a blend? Yeah, absolutely. Most of the carriers have options of uh putting a term insurance need on top of a base universal life or a whole life contract. Again, the the first step is determine the right amount of coverage and then determine how long they need it. And that will give most people the opportunity to, you know, use combination type policies or even the, the guaranteed type of contracts that have uh, their like level term products throughout lifetime. And now a word from our sponsor. Today, you're being pulled in multiple directions. Employers want you to deliver a higher level of service and employee satisfaction, and you want more time to grow your business. How do you do both? Benazon Healthcare Advocacy is the answer. Benazon helps plan members understand, utilize, and maximize their health plan and answers their benefits questions while you improve productivity, increase client retention, and grow your book. The best part about partnering with Benazon is that your agency gets all the credit. Clients see your logo, while the Benazon team of subject matter experts work to ensure resolution to specific member information and service requests. Each agency gets a dedicated telephone number and year-round, 24-7 customer support that answers the phone with your agency name. Turn your benefit on with Benazon. For more information, go to www.benazon.com or click their logo on the Shift Shapers website. Benazon, healthcare as it should be. Now, back to our interview. 
As an advisor, when do you take the step of talking to somebody about a cash value policy rather than a term policy? When their retirement needs are met through their 401k plan, when their need extends past a certain date. For example, many people think they only need coverage to provide an income while they're working. But they don't realize that life insurance actually has a very significant part in a financial plan after retirement. If you have proper amount of life insurance coverage, permanent life insurance coverage going into retirement, it can actually allow you to use that as the inheritance that most people want to leave for their children, which then gives you freedom to draw down more assets during your retirement years. So life insurance can actually be used in a retirement distribution strategy to allow a higher income stream going into it. And that type of coverage must be permanent in nature and have a fixed premium so that you're not surprised down the road with a increasing premium or a, you know, like term insurance where it would expire at some point, leaving the survivor uncovered and the heirs without an inheritance. So how do you determine whether you look at a universal life policy or a whole life policy, or if your security is licensed, a variable UL, how do you figure out what's best for that particular client? Well, my analysis starts with the objective for the coverage first. So determine the correct amount, determine the length of it, and then determine the premium susceptibility. So a whole life contract, in the early years has a higher guaranteed premium, but there's certainty that that premium will never increase. So I don't focus as much on cash value growth as I do focus on what is their tolerance to to pay an adjusted possible premium down the road. So whole life, you lock it in, it's about X percent higher than, than any other type of contract, but it has the most guarantees. A universal life, on the other hand, has a lower premium, but it has more variability. As we're seeing right now with a lot of insurance companies, they're coming back and assessing higher premiums because interest rates haven't matured, cash values haven't grown as projected, and in a low interest rate environment, the companies are being squeezed for their margins. So a universal life contract gives you lower upfront, but there may be a call for more premium down the road. Depending on the assumptions you make, right? Exactly, exactly. So uh, if a client's not able to accept any increases in the future, we'll trade off a little bit higher premium up front to lock that premium in so that they don't have any premium surprises down the road. And is whole life making a a comeback? I've been in the business since 81 and I started selling whole life. uh, And every year I hear whole life is making a comeback. Are you seeing more whole life in the market today? Yes, whole life has by its stable nature, not making a comeback because it's changed, but it's making a comeback because it stayed the same. When Universal Life was the fad, when I got into the business in 1985, its attractiveness was uh, the higher interest rates and the flexibility of premium. 30 years later, its unattractiveness is the low interest rate environment and the flexibility of the premium. So what was good at one time is now the feature that is the least attractive to that type of contract. So whole life is making a comeback simply because of the stability of the product itself. Interesting. A number of our listeners have probably 
dipped their toe in life insurance recently because of some of the so-called combination products that combine a death benefit with long-term care. Do you practice in that area? What's your feeling about those contracts? Oh, absolutely. I not only practice, I own that type of coverage myself. The carriers that I use provide a whole life chassis with a long-term care rider on top of it. And again, it comes down to simply knowing the future premiums. Long-term care providers are going through the same type of situation that they have gone through with universal life. They projected a premium based upon a higher interest rate environment. And now those interest rates are down and they have to make up the margin with increased premiums. Those long-term care contracts with a limited pay option, I have a 10-pay policy. You can do a single-pay policy or you can do a 20-pay policy are contractually guaranteed. So you pay a little bit more up front, but it gives you the ability to know that somewhere in the future, you're not going to be asked for more premium. So it's the only type of long-term care our firm will recommend and it usually is tolerable when you explain the the likely risk that premiums might go up on other contracts down the road. It makes a lot more sense for our clients. If listeners are thinking, gee, you know, this is something that I really want to learn more about. I want to educate myself. Where are the best places for them to go to start learning the ins and outs of the life side of the business while they're still able to, to run their benefits practices? I would say three different areas. One would be their company wholesalers. While many of the wholesalers may only know, you know, if they're in the benefits practice, then they may only deal with the benefits wholesaler. They know who the other providers out there. So go to your, the wholesalers that you trust and know, and they'll help put you in contact with other advisors or other areas to get information. The second area is an industry organization. MDRT is one that provides access. If you can introduce yourself to an MDRT producer, or if you are an MDRT member, their website provides access through the resource zone to get the information that you need. And third is to find somebody you respect in your community, somebody who's in the life insurance business, offer to take them out to lunch and start the conversation. And a good advisor will offer to help you. Most times they may even mentor you and help you understand the life insurance side of the equation a little bit better. Brian, in the couple of minutes that we have left, we always like to wrap up our interviews by asking our subject matter experts what their view of the future is. And in your case, obviously, on the life insurance side, what do you see happening over the near and midterm? Life insurance in the United States is going through some transformation as the health insurance industry did. The new DOL regulations are changing some of the rules that we've traditionally used to distribute and service life insurance and how we're compensated to handle that discussion. I look at the DOL ruling as not an end to our profession, but a major adjustment to our profession. And I would encourage all advisors in the benefits field to look at the needs of their clients and how they can fulfill them. As I mentioned early in the conversation, most of our clients, most of the employees in our benefits plans and our 401k plans do not have access to advice. You already have a period of time during the enrollment process or during the update process where you can discuss more 
in just a few minutes and get those clients to think about protecting their families and using all of the different products to do that, whether it's group insurance, term insurance, or a payroll deduction type of program. So as things change, the advice that we give is going to definitely become more important. A great place to leave our interview for today. Brian Heckert, founder and managing member of Financial Solutions Midwest LLC, and also president of the Million Dollar Roundtable. Again, Brian, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our audience. Glad to help. The Ship Shapers podcast is a production of the Saltzman Group. We work with entrepreneurs, executives, and companies just like you to help shape the shifts in your business. To schedule a 20-minute call to learn more, visit our website at thesaltzmangroup.com or call me directly at 803-386-8005. I'd love to hear from you. And while you're on our site, you can also click the podcast tab for the entire catalog of Ship Shapers episodes and to access some really great special offers. Give me a call at 803-386-8005 and learn how to put the secrets of the Ship Shapers to work in your business. Music